You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Hey, uh, Zach, uh, you guys sitting here at the break, 16 and 18. I know that's... Uh... You know, you, you guys are always striving for more, but can, can you kind of assess the, the first half of the season and where you think the team is? Uh, we've had some ups and downs, but we've, we've been in pretty much every game, uh, obviously after the first couple. Um, have a lot to work on, but a lot to look forward to as well because, you know, when we compete and we come out like the way we did tonight, we give ourselves a chance even with some up and downs throughout the game to always, you know, have a chance to win. And, um, and I think we just got to stay consistent and uh, – you know, look forward to, you know, maintaining our goal for the end of the year. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That, of course, is the voice of Zach Levine. He's the birthday boy, 26 years old today, and he's coming off his first All-Star appearance, and he has uh, gotten a chance to compete in the three-point shooting contest, and now we get to bring in his coach. Billy Donovan is the head coach of the Chicago Bulls, and he joins us on the score hotline presented by Al Pamani Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APFord.com. Billy, good morning. Good morning, Billy. Good morning. How are you? We are doing great, and it's a joy to talk to you since, um, you know, as I recall the history of the game, you are the Steph Curry, uh, the original Steph Curry of college basketball, <laughs> taking Providence to the Final Four. And, and God, you know, you spent a lot of your life uh, in college basketball. It's very exciting to think about this time of year. And I've been dying to talk to you just in the hopes that you could help me fill out my bracket. I don't know if that's fair or not, Billy. <laughs> I probably one is I don't think the Curry comparison is probably a very good one, and two, I am not so sure. I have not watched much college basketball. I could be of much help. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice to remember those days of Providence, the backcourt of you and Delray Brooks, Billy. That was a lot. Of, that was a great team, a fun team to watch. You know, it was a great experience. It was a great ride, and um, you know, something you never forget. So this is a fun ride for us. You know, we, we just mentioned um, Zach Levine, and it is a fact of his life at the tender age of 26 today that, that he is, among active players, the losingest player uh, in the league right now. It's not his fault that, that he's won at like a 31% uh, – uh, I, I saw this statistic and it blew my mind. It's not his fault that he got drafted into Minnesota, wound up in Chicago, but, you know – it's got to be utterly frustrating for a guy like that. And and he's getting better, and certainly he's had a great year. But a winning season would mean something to him. I think it would mean something to Bulls fans who have waited for it. I know it would mean something to you. How far away do you feel you guys are from that? Well, I mean, th- this season's been, you know, so strange. Just one, you know, dealing with COVID, 
no fans, um, a lot of contact tracing, many teams missing players. Certainly we've had some key guys out and I've said, you know, from the beginning, I think you have to be really flexible and you can't let stuff that you can't control bother you. So I think this team has shown pretty good resiliency. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's been a group where we've had some guys out and we've had different guys step up at different points in time, but it's been a really good working group. And I think to your point about Zach, you know, just even from day one, the first time I met him is, you know, I think he understands that about himself and, you know, in, in, in fairness to him, a lot of it, you know, is out of his control. You know, you don't really necessarily get a chance to pick who you're going to play for. And the other part of it too, is he's had six different coaches, you know, in mm-hmm. six years. And, and that's really, really hard. And uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he has an unbelievable attitude every day. I think he wants to get better. He knows that, you know, because of the environments he's been in, the situations he's been in, he hasn't won a lot, but it's important to him. He, he wants to learn how to do a better job of leading, doing a better job of playing both ends of the floor. And I think he's made a really strong commitment in, in all those areas. And uh, he's been a great guy to be around every day. And you see that, Billy. I mean, I think of all the players who have made strides, and there are a lot of examples when you talk about player development and what you guys have brought to this this organization i don't know if anybody reflects that more obviously than than the guy who just made his first all-star team and i think specifically again from the outside looking in it looks like zach is a more committed defender and it looks like he's making more of an effort to to protect the basketball and then the rest has always sort of been there but in your mind from the trained eye what do you see as the biggest areas that he has developed or improved his overall game well, I, I think that he's a really good team guy, and I think the balance for him is there's times that he wants to play, make, and create and get others involved, which is great because he's a really unselfish player. But he's at his best, in my opinion, and our team's at its best when he's really attacking, and he's got to attack to score. That doesn't mean that he's got to shoot, but he's got to certainly read the defense and make the next best play. Um, he's, he's, you know, It's hard for me because I wasn't here last year, but he's really done everything we've asked him to do. I've put a lot on his plate. You know, he's played significant minutes. We've put him on really good offensive players. We've challenged him to be a two-way player. Uh, I do think guys like Thad and Otto and, and even Garrett, uh, being veteran guys, have done a good job putting that on his brain as well, you know, to help him in that area. But I think all the things that you're seeing Zach do this year is really the commitment that he's made to himself, to the game, and to his teammates. And um, it's, it's, it's going to be a learning process for him. I think he's learned a lot over his six years, and I think he's found out a lot more about himself. But I think when you have the offensive ability that he has, probably early in his career was, let me just score and I'll take the team to the finish line. And I think he's realized that that's probably not the recipe to really win at a high level. So I think you see him trying to get others involved. I think you start to see him do a lot more. But everything has got to, for me, has got to go off of him being aggressive. Like, he's got to be aggressive. And he's such an efficient scorer and shooter that when he's playing aggressively like that, it opens up a lot of things for other guys. So, you know, like I said, he's been great. He practices every day. He works every day. I think he's trying to get himself to a place where, he can be a leader and hold other people accountable, but I think he's first really worked and tried hard to hold himself accountable. And 
he, he does that. I think every day he tries to do that. And he's a great guy to work with and talk to because he's very, very receptive to feedback and he's very, very receptive to ways that he can improve and get better. Billy, we know um, you got five games now in seven days as you come back from the break, all against teams that made the playoffs a year ago. And, um, and we're curious about the, the health of the team. Is, is Markkanen going to be back? Is Porter uh, the back okay? Where, where are you at in terms of firepower? Well, Otto and Lowry, I give them a lot of credit. You know, During the All-Star break, both guys just stayed here in Chicago and trained every day and worked out. Uh, both guys have had, you know, contact workouts where they've had contact. Uh, today will be our first real full practice with a team uh, before we play tomorrow. I think if things progress like they've progressed up to this point in time, I think there's a very, very strong possibility that both those guys are suiting up and playing tomorrow. That, that'd be great to see. And, you know, I, I know that you've said you can't practice until tonight because of the COVID protocols. And, and when this team has time, to practice they respond well and in your experience is that just true with young teams who are always you know have maybe haven't proven as much as as some teams loaded with veterans or is there something about this young bulls team that approaches practice in a way that makes the time spent on the court so valuable yeah it's been a really good working group but i think the other part and the challenge you know for us has been to, to your point you, you have such limited time to practice and with the number of games in such a short period of time, I think you got to find that real good balance between having really good productive, effective practices and also allowing guys to rest and recover. The, the, the part that I'm trying to help these guys with is th they, their work ethic in practice is really good. But I think you heard, I heard, you know, Zach talking about the consistency part, you know, about being more consistent those are habits that you got to develop in practice. And there's times that our consistency, a lot of times in practice, is not at the level it needs to be at. And I think that's when you see the inconsistency. So we've really tried to challenge the guys, in particular when we've had the opportunities to practice, to play quite a bit, to really point out the consistency areas on both ends of the floor that we need to get better at and grow at. And I think when you do have a young team, I mean, Kobe White's 20, Patrick Williams is 19. We've got an incredibly young team. They just need practice. They need that. And that's the one thing that's going to be hard for us the second half of the season is we're going to be really, really limited. You're talking about 38 games, I think, in 68 days. Right. I think we only have – I think it's twice during this, this second half of the season that we actually have two days between a game. So pretty much it's either a back-to-back -back or it's every other day. And it's hard to do that. So what we got to do is we got to be really productive and effective in shoot-arounds and we got to be really productive and effective in film sessions and walkthroughs and just really keep on focusing on the attention to detail on the little things and the things that we can control. And I think with young teams, and you've seen it with us, when we're not shooting the ball well, sometimes that impacts our defense. And we've got to realize that that, that part of the game, that's going to come and go. There's going to have, there's going to be nights, you know, over these next 38 games, we just don't shoot the ball well. It's going to happen. But can we take care of the things that we can control? Can we get back in transition and get our defense set? Can we block out and rebound? Can we make the extra pass? Can we get to the free throw line? Can we take care of the basketball? Can we screen and cut and move, you know, for each other? You know, can we defend without fouling and keep teams off the free throw line? Those are the things that we've got to get to where we kind of build those mental habits 
and that mental toughness where when the ball's not going in the basket, you're still giving yourself a chance to win because you're playing really good, tough, solid defense. You know, it's fascinating, I think, because there there are a lot of different questions or issues that arose before you arrived and that you're probably, you know, find complexing when people ask you about it. But for instance, you know, we've asked this question for a couple of years now, if Lowry Markinen and Zach Levine can play together, if, if Markinen, if they're better without him, if he's out, I mean, it, it, how is that possible when you're talking about a guy with his skill set? And yet these are the kind of questions that come up. How do you respond to that? Well, I, I give Zach a lot of credit because he and I have had a lot of discussions, you know, and I, and I mentioned him. And obviously this is such a unique time because the one thing that I think this group has really missed out on because of COVID is we cannot do anything on the road. We can't spend time with each other. Everybody's kind of isolated. You know, we're spread out in our team meetings. And, and I understand it. You know, the most important thing is the, the safety and the health of, you know, everyone inside the organization and our players and everybody else around the league. So I get that. But it's also taken away a lot of that team bounding stuff. And I told Zach this because he and Larry a lot of times are in two-man games together. And this was earlier in the year. And, you know, I said to him, I said, how much, you know, have you really, you know, gone and to Larry? And you guys worked on pick and rolls together. And he's like, well, really, you know, not, not a lot. And I said, well, listen, that, that's part of the leadership part. Like I said, you should touch three to four guys every day in that gym. I said, because, you know, if you and Larry are going to be in 15 pick and rolls together, you guys need to be on the same page, not in the game, but away from the game. And I think it's been really good. Zach's done a great job. So has Larry. I don't have any uh, concerns about those guys playing together at all. I think what happens is when players end up working together, I remember – when I was in Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook was playing with Domas Sabonis, and, and, and Domas has turned out to be an, obviously a terrific player, but it was his rookie year. And Westbrook was having a hard time in a game with him trying to get him to set screens at certain angles and roll to certain areas of the floor. And right when the game ended, he told him, he said, listen, tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, meet me on the court. And he had him out there for 30 minutes talking to him about pick and rolls and about angles and things like that. And I think you're starting to see Zach do that. Thad does that quite a bit. Well, he'll grab the big guys together. The more of that kind of stuff that we can do together, even though we may not be able to practice, but getting groups, small groups to work together and talk about different actions they're in, whether it's pick and roll coverages defensively, screening actions defensively, or even things that they're involved in uh, offensively, and they're working together like that. Once you get two players committed to that kind of uh, uh, marriage, in terms of working out those situations, it's really good. I think the chemistry piece between Zach and the rest of our team or Lowry and the rest of our team is terrific. They are really, really well-liked guys. They're really good workers. They're good team guys. They all get along really, really well. But I think in this time and day and age with so much of social media and things like that, one of the things that gets lost a lot is the communication piece. And, you know, we, we don't need to be communicating by phone. We need to be communicating, you know, together. And these guys have done a really good job of that. And I think Thad and OP and, and Garrett have been a great catalyst talking to him. And I think you're starting to see Zach learn a lot more about that. And he is uh, doing that quite a bit. It's been a little bit hard to be able to do that because Larry being out for four weeks. But prior to his, you know, shoulder injury, 
those guys were really, I thought, working very, very well together. Talking with Bulls coach Billy Donovan here on The Score. And, Billy, along those lines, over the second half of the season, as as you guys are competitive, the debate will, in the sports city, what value does making the playoffs for a team the as young as the Bulls are, it, you get in there no matter what the seeding is. But if you're you know, a lower seed and you get in the playoffs, people will, will suggest, well, it might be better just to miss them all together and have a better draft position. You know how pro sports are. But you're the coach of this group, and you have seen the growth, and you understand the value of those intangible moments that you just described. How important would it be for this team to make the playoffs, and what value would you place on this for a young developing team? Well, the, the biggest thing for me with this group is because there maybe hasn't been a lot of success in a lot of these guys' early careers for themselves individually – they have got to understand, I think, what really goes into winning at the highest level. Now, because of some of the injuries, because of some of the depth we've had, guys being in and out, I think they've done a good job managing it. And I give guys like Luke Cornett and, and Daniel Gafford and Ryan Arch and different guys, Denzel Valentine, keeping themselves ready. But, like, inevitably, whether you make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs, what kind of growth have they made? towards really understanding what goes into winning at this level in the NBA and the commitment that they have to make mentally, physically, and emotionally to the game, to themselves, and to each other. I think that's the most important thing. This is going to be a real grind for us in the second half. We have a losing record right now. Um, to your point, we've got five games in seven days against really good teams. But these are the moments in time where you can't let these opportunities pass by. And I've told the guys, like, I think a lot of times people want to look to May 16th, which is the last game. That's going to get here at some point. It's going to get here. But we don't need to focus on that right now. Like, what are we going to do today to get prepared to play tomorrow? What kind of investment are we going to make there? And we, we cannot, with a young group, we cannot miss out on opportunities to really understand the work mentally, physically, and emotionally that goes into preparing yourself to win and the things that we do inside the course of a 48-minute game that cause you, you know, either losses or wins. So at the end of the day, I think however this plays itself out, and I don't really know how it's going to play out, we're going to put everything we have into being the best team we can be, and we're going to put everything we have into understanding what it takes to win and the things that we have to do on a nightly basis to win. I think we all understand that, that Kobe White is in his first season really as a point guard. I mean, he's he was a, a, a huge scorer uh, throughout his career, and he gets to uh, the NBA, and he's a very young guy, as we talked about. And I admire the way that you have kind of um, – been behind him and helped him as he's had these inconsistent stretches. Um, do you see him as a point guard? Do you think he's better with the, you know, you used him a little bit with some catch and shoot uh, situations. Um, how do you envision him? Do you guys need a point guard or is he good enough to get through this season with uh, and moving forward? Well, I love Kobe from, from this perspective. To your point, with a guy 20 years old as a full-time point guard in this league, there is going to be some ups and downs. The thing I admire more than anything else about him 
is when it's not going well for him, he has incredible fight-back ability. I've seen a lot of guys where the game doesn't go well for them individually, and it just doesn't go well for the full 48 minutes. This guy fights, and he fights to figure it out. He fights to get better. He spends time in the gym. He watches film, and he really works. And I think it's a quality that a lot of people maybe can't see, and they see maybe you know other things that are taking place in between the lines, to your point, some of the ups and downs. That's going to happen. He's a young player. But you cannot teach his fight-back ability and his ability to really course correct. I mean, I can't tell you how many times this year where maybe he has been inconsistent in that first half. I mean, I think about the game where I didn't start him. I think it was against Detroit. We weren't playing well, and we changed the lineup to going into the third quarter. And that guy knocked down some big shots late in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's a mental toughness to him that I really love and respect and appreciate. But the thing I have confidence in in him is I know he's going to throw everything he has into figuring out the position and getting better at it. You know, And that the hard part for me that I've got to continually try to help him with is I do not want him to be a traffic cop point guard. And I think he's trying to figure out the balance between himself being aggressive and then obviously organizing our team on offense and getting people into the right spots and those kind of things. But I also don't want to put so much on him where it's taken away who he is as a player. And there's really a balance there because he's also got to run our team. And as we start to get maybe a little bit more whole as a team health-wise, there's going to be more options out there. And he's got to find that balance. And I've got to try to help him with that balance. But the thing I admire about him is, is he is a fighter, he's a competitor, and he's a worker. And I just have always felt, you know, throughout my time being around the game, those are the guys that kind of figure it out and get better and improve. You know, is he a complete product at 20 years old? No. Is he going to keep getting better? Absolutely. And the reason he's going to get better is because of who he is as a competitor, as a player, as a person. And he's bought in. And I think you see a lot of young players, Billy, that have bought in quickly into everything that you have said and, and your your style of coaching. And I think I've been curious about how challenging it was, not necessarily to get the young players to buy in because they're young and they haven't proven that much. But I it's been such it's been huge for the Bulls to see Thaddeus Young and Garrett Temple and the veterans to buy in immediately. And I just wonder from a coaching perspective how did you approach that, and how important has that been to have their example be guys who have, you know, doing what you're asking them to do on a consistent basis, night in and night out? Well, I mean, it's so much different than college, right? When you when you have a freshman that comes in, maybe highly decorated, he's still, you know, it's the first time he's been away from home. It's the first time on a college campus. It's a different level, right? And when you think about Garrett Temple and you think about Otto Porter and you think about Zach and you think about, you know, even Thad, who's 14 years in the league, just think about the number of games that Thaddeus Young has played over his career. I mean, he just last week or two weeks, we scored 13,000 points. I've always felt like as a coach, you have to partner with those guys and have a lot of dialogue in terms of direction and where we're going. And I want their input and feedback. And, and they've been great. You know, they, 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 we don't always agree on everything. And if there's something that I really feel strongly about, they've been incredibly supportive. And if there's something that they've been really, really committed to and sold on, I've tried to be committed to them. And that's the working relationship you have to have. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to do, you know, with that in particular 
you know, is, is he's a very, very unique player. And, you know, how do we utilize his skill set? Same thing with Otto and Garrett. And they also are really, really smart players, and they got a good feel for the game. But the thing I admire about all those guys is a lot of times young players have a tendency to say I a lot. You know, I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I, I got to be better here, and I need to improve here. It's a lot of I. And when you deal with those veteran guys, it's always we. We've got to be better here. We have got to do this better. We've got to do that better. So I really appreciate those guys because the dialogue and the communication has been great, and I feel like we're on the same page and we're working together. And, like, listen, there's times where, you know, I've picked Thad's brain or Otto's brain on certain things, and, you know, they've been great giving feedback. But I think when you have players – that have been as successful as those guys have, and they've been around as long as they've been, I think as a coach, you have to use them as a resource and you have to extract information away from them and they have to be a part of it. And, you know, I've asked those guys quite a bit, you know, to get with a lot of younger players to talk to them and Tad and Otto, you know, and Garrett have been great on the bench, you know, helping the younger guys. So, you know, for me, you know, we've all got to work together and, um, you know, I got this from Jeff Van Gundy. It came from Pat Riley. And it's so, so true. You know, with, with the players and the coaches, you need voluntary cooperation. Everybody's got to cooperate and work together. And these guys have been great to work with. And I think that, you know, over the last three years for them, I think they understand that they, you know, want to take another step. And there's been really, really good, I think, dialogue uh, amongst myself and the players you know, in terms of working towards, you know, what we've got to do to get better. And um, th- they've done a really, really good job of trying to do everything we've asked them to do competitively. And when they have their opinions and thoughts on things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears and I like listening to them because I know for a guy like Thad and Otto and, and, and Zach and you know, all of our guys, but those veteran guys in particular, they want to do what's best for the team. There's like no, uh, there's no hidden agenda. And, you know, the thing was amazing was when we were starting the year and we had COVID and we had all these things, and I, I, I talked to Garrett and I talked to Otto and I talked to Thad, and there was a couple of days where I thought we were having some slippage because we just hadn't had a chance to practice. And I knew we were a little bit tired. And I went to those guys and I said, listen, I know we've played a lot of games in a short period of time, but you know, we're slipping in these areas. I think we got to get on the court. And we've got to work on these things. But I also need to know where you guys are at physically. And those guys were great. Like, no, we need to practice. We need to practice. And a lot of times you can get veteran guys that think about themselves and just worry about themselves being rested. But those guys are always coming from a perspective and a place of what's best for the team. And I really admire that. Hmm. Great stuff, Billy. Really appreciate your time. Uh, It's always fun to talk to you. It's, uh, It's the kind of thing where we learn a little bit, too. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, Billy. My pleasure. Good to be on with you guys. That is Billy Donovan, the Bulls head coach. We're going to bring in Dan and Layla next. There's a lot there, David. I mean, Good we stuff. just spent yeah. a couple of days like a talking this through. Yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love hearing from that guy. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 